Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion, unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. The Lion's Cradle, a short story, written by Daniel Wilcox, narrated by Ian McEwan. We think we know it all. Us humans with our encyclopedias, machines, and handguns. Find a threat, pull the trigger, and... Poof. Gone. Danger is just a mere blip on our radar, and all it takes is a button push to extinguish the light. Nancy slept quietly in her cradle. A hand-fashioned thing not dissimilar from a hammock, yet wider and more durable able to stretch to a length of close to 20 foot long, 10 foot wide, and still keep a stable base. A tent on strings, if you will. Her sleepy snores were lost amongst the ambiance of the surrounding jungle. Amidst the chirps, rustles, and grunts, Nancy became nothing more than a floating invisibility. The cradle camouflaged, dark in the deep of night. She had fallen swiftly into sleep that evening. After a long day of trekking with Bjorn through the wilderness, they had found little success in their hunt. Their handheld detectors found various blips of wildlife dotted all around them, but nowhere could they find any sign of their target. 
For their colleagues back at the university, there would be little surprise in this revelation, for who in their right mind would wander aimlessly through miles of foliage in search of something that had been known to have been extinct for 40,000 years? Even Julian Kingsley, head of the paleontology department at the University of New England, had to hold himself back from laughing as he signed the papers to allow for Nancy and Bjorn sabbatical. He had even taken the liberty of guiding them back through the university, to the large glass case where the bones of the creature were showcased under fluorescent lights. You trust your sources? He said, arms crossed behind his back, staring up into the wide mouth of the marsupial lion, teeth like swords. Nancy told him that they did that a local group of undergrads had recorded roars and calls whilst on a field trip. A few had low-quality files on their phones, but it was enough to pique the researchers' interests. There are still reports of the Tasmanian tiger appearing every other day, and they were thought to have died out long ago, she replied. Kingsley didn't need to say what was on his mind, that there was a big difference between a species thought to be extinct 2,000 years ago and one thought to have died out over 20 times longer than that. But still, whether from scientific curiosity or just to entertain the two excited researchers, he signed the papers and wished them luck. And now, three days into their travels, with spirits beginning to sink, they slept away the night in their guarded shelters. Two cradles, side by side, rocking gently in the still night. Down on the ground, two golden rings shine up into the sky, reflections of the moon in eyes the size of apples. A second later, they're gone, the creature padding towards the base of the ancient tree in inky darkness. Nancy's ears twitch. A moment passes when her eyelids flutter, and it seems as though she'll wake. Used to the various calls of the jungle, she found she could sleep through it all, the sound like a hushing in her ear. But now the nearby forest had fallen silent, in reverent respect of the ancient giant gripping its claws into the bark, advancing on the cradles with predatory curiosity. A smell unlike others that the lion had experienced before, made his mouth drip and his eyes set on fire. A gentle purr escapes the beast's throat. This Nancy hears. Though still in that magic borderland between sleep and reality, the purr makes its way into her dreams. There she sits in the large leather sofa of her home, a kitten laying lazily across her lap, licking sweetly at the tips of her fingers that she glazes with milk. Bjorn is next to her, a games controller in his hand, his attention far into the bright display of the screen. A shake rocks the cradle. It dips, then gains equilibrium. She peels her eyes open. She doesn't know how she can tell, but something inside her lets her know that she is now several feet lower than she was a moment ago.
She resists the urge to turn on her light, knowing how quickly moths and bugs will be attracted to the beam. Instead, she rolls onto her front, crawls forward slowly, trying her best not to rock the cradle. She finds the zip about three feet away from her. With delicate fingers, she pulls up, allowing just enough room to see outside the lining. It's impossibly dark. She can just make out the position where three thick strands of rope meet and fan out to support the cradle's base. And though she can't see further than that, she already knows something's wrong. She rubs one eye, then squints into the darkness, praying for her eyes to adjust. For just a second, there's a glimmer of amber in two hoops at the point where the ropes tie around the trunk. Ice shoots up her body, a mixture of horror and glee at the prospect of finding what she thinks she's found, or rather, found her. Moving as in slow motion, she draws the zip back down, just as the purring starts to turn into a rolling, bassy growl. And Nancy retreats into her cocoon. In a flash of inspiration, she dives for a pocket on the side of the cradle. Her jolting movement seems to spur the creature on, and in seconds she can feel the hefty weight of it as it launches on top of the cradle and tears through the roof's mesh. Nancy screams, Bjorn! Bjorn! Quick! And the marsupial lion, the impossible creature that knows only the top of its food chain, roars its own response. A few feet away from her, she can hear Bjorn stirring, a rustling of sleeping bags, before a bright light beams in their direction. She can't see Bjorn, for the monstrous giant only inches from her. But now, she can see the thing's face, and it is a thing of nightmares. Its breath is warm, its growl almost mocking. Behind it, the treetops spike, the forest's teeth biting the sky. The lion raises a paw and swipes at Nancy, ripping deep treads into her thighs. She feels nerves sever, the claws catching on bone, and suddenly she's swimming in red. She screams words that are inaudible, praying that somehow Bjorn will understand. She feels her hand grip the thing she lunged for and fires the flare gun directly into the lion's gaping mouth. The fire travels into the gloom of the throat, and she tracks it like a candle falling down a well. With her good leg, she kicks at the beast, but its weight is too much. She might as well have kicked a mountain. Golden eyes stare at her in surprise. The lion gags as the flare catches in its throat. She can see fire rising up the canal, and she tries desperately to move away. Then, several things happen at once. In a final force of rage, the lion jumps forward, its monstrous shape landing heavily on Nancy's chest. Pressure pushes against her exposed bone, threatening to snap it, her chest unable to rise to take breath. At the same time, she sees Bjorn appear behind the lion, a shotgun cocked and trained at the lion's head. She screams, Shoot! For God's sakes, shoot it! But there's something in Bjorn's face that, although it pains her to see, 
she completely understands. If she was in his position, she'd think the same. An internal war raging in the head of a man who places science above all else. The man who, right now, could pull the trigger and save his lover's life, destroying the thing they hoped to find. It would be easy, quick, simple. Sayonara, sucker. They'd have the lion's corpse as evidence. They'd both be hailed heroes. But if the thing was alive, what then? Bjorn! A single tear traces down Bjorn's eye. The lion roars once more. Its shape haunting, impossible. Bjorn takes aim and fires. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Other Stories. The Lion's Den was written by Daniel Wilcox, narrated by Ian McEwen, edited by Carl Hughes, with theme music by Tom Robson. Okay, so how's this? You're a fan of The Other Stories and the Hawk and Cleaver gang? Then why not show your love by leaving us a review in the iTunes store? It helps us in the iTunes charts, helps us to gobble up new listeners, and it makes our hearts flutter. Oh, what? <laughs> you want to do more than just leave a review? Okay, cool. You can jump over to www.patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver to join the club, get access to exclusive episodes, hang out with the gang, get physical print books hurled at your front door, and witness a story empire being born. Oh, and Kez says hi. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.